Welcome to the Say Yes to Life podcast. Here at CrossFit Advantage, we believe that life is a team sport where every person, no matter who you are, is the most valuable player in the game. We are a community of humble, hungry, happy, helpful people whose mission is to improve quality of life through health and fitness. This is episode nine of the podcast, and we're just coming off of the open as of a couple weeks ago, where we had some pretty high intensity workouts and maybe pushed ourselves a little bit more than we usually do. So with that fresh in our minds, today's topic is about technique versus intensity. I've got Cody here with me. Cody, how's it going? I'm doing good, Lo. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited for this topic, and we've got a lot of questions, so we'll just go ahead and jump right in. So before we compare the two and which is more important, can we talk about a quick definition of each one? So what exactly do we mean by technique and what do we mean by intensity? Yeah, that's a great call and I think a good place to start. We are big on our definitions, as you know, and there's a couple ways to look at both of them. First of all, let's talk about intensity because we have uh, another episode with some information on intensity with uh, what is CrossFit and what is fitness. But intensity is basically your ability to get work done. How heavy was it? How far did it move? And how long did it take? Getting more work done in less time. We don't see intensity as heart rate or as how much you sweat, how much you grunt, how much things hurt. It's what did you get done and how long did it take? We also believe that high intensity is the single most important ingredient to get from where you are to where you want to be. And we also believe that high intensity is relative, relative to your physical and emotional ability and tolerance, relative to maybe specific movements for an individual, and maybe even specific to time domains. So intensity and high intensity uh, are relative, but we see them as your ability to get work done quickly. And then let's talk about technique. So when I look at technique, I kind of look at two different buckets. Um, First of all, technique is your uh, efficiency, getting a task done. And when I look at technique, I look at, is it safe and is it optimal? Obviously, when you look at safety, those are things that we need to have. And when you look at the optimal side, those are things that we want to have. And so that's technique and that's intensity. That's how we see it. I like it. All right. Now that we know what those are, time for a pop quiz. So if you're listening, try to guess the answer before we tell you. So what's more important? A, technique. B, intensity. C, both. Or D, it depends. And this is where we insert our Jeopardy music for 10 seconds. And the answer is... Not A, not B, but I would say the answer is both, and the answer could also be it depends. What's your answer, Lauren? I knew it. Always C or D. When in (laughs) doubt, see it out. When in doubt, see it out. The answer is both. And the reason that sometimes the answer is that it depends, we'll get into that in a minute, but the answer is both. And that sounds... That sounds... uh, Most people would guess A out the gate every time, Uh, technique. Technique seems to be the most important thing. But the truth is you have to have both for things to go well. 
Think about this, Lauren. If we were gonna, um, if you and I were gonna meet up for a meeting or for lunch, what's more important, going to the right place or being there at the right time? You gotta have both for things to work out. And this relationship between technique and intensity, they're present in a lot of other things that we do, exercise and fitness included. Think about driving a car. Is it important to go the speed limit or stay in your lane? Is it important uh, in a gunfight? Is it important to shoot fast or to shoot accurately? Think about typing. Is it important to type quickly or to type uh, accurately? Um, all of these things, this balance is all around us and that definitely applies to fitness as well. So to maximize your rate of return, to get from where you are to where you want to be, we have to have both, right? I always like to say, do you want to be rich or do you want to be good looking? And I'm like, I'd like a little bit of both. Even at the cost of being the richest or the best looking, I want both. I want to have everything. And that includes the balance between technique and intensity. Where it can depend is, let's say that as an athlete, I have a lot of skill, a lot of coordination, uh, accuracy, agility, and balance, but I have a hard time pushing myself and be aggressive. To me, it would be more valuable to increase my intensity than it would to improve my technique. And then let's say as an athlete yourself, Lauren, you have a lot of output, a lot of horsepower, but not very much skill. For you, it would matter more that we improve your technique versus adding more intensity. So that's where answer D comes into play as it depends. But big picture, the answer is both. And we also, um, yeah, we need them in balance to where if you want to optimize your performance and your fitness, it requires finding the appropriate balance of technique and intensity. Yeah, that's super interesting. I feel like we've talked about this before, how sometimes that balance is really hard to find. I think it was, yeah, a couple episodes ago, do you ever finish a workout and think, oh my gosh, I could have gone a little bit heavier, but I probably would have had a really rounded back on those deadlifts. Or maybe I could have stuck with pull-ups, but I couldn't keep my technique for my kip swing. So sometimes it's hard to find that sweet spot. So that kind of leads me to my next question. So a lot of times newer athletes or first-time CrossFitters will hear people say, I just want to take it slow and focus on technique first. I just want to get that technique down before going heavy. So my question is, at what point and how do you get them to push that pace and to bring that notch of intensity? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I appreciate that mindset and that approach. I think that sometimes that can be easier to work with than somebody that just wants to go all out all the time immediately before learning the skills that they needed to apply the appropriate intensity. And we have this progression that we call MCI, and that basically means mechanics, consistency, intensity, meaning that we need proper mechanics, we need consistency with those proper mechanics, and then we need intensity. So if you have an athlete that is wanting to slow down and move better, um, I don't hate that. There's gonna be some movements that we need more of that than others, and so working with each individual on what movements do we need to have them focus on their movement more and what movements do we need to have them focus on their speed more is kind of where part of the art of coaching can come into play. Picture a Russian kettlebell swing and a squat snatch from the floor. One of those 
they're both beautiful movements. They create a lot of horsepower. They get a lot of fitness for us. But one of those is going to take a lifetime to perfect. And one of them, we can, we can get pretty dialed in in about 10 minutes. And so uh, finding ways to have athletes push movements when it's appropriate to push and to focus on their movements when it's time to focus on their movement is one of our goals as coaches. We call that managing threshold training. All of the good stuff is at the edge of the cliff, not too far away from the edge and not over the edge, but learning how to find the edge of the cliff. And if I just turn straight towards the cliff and run towards it, the chances of me falling, you know, stopping short or blowing past the edge is very likely. Learning how to skirt the edge so I can work my way towards the edge of the cliff is the goal. That's how I can find the edge safely, effectively, and efficiently without blowing past it. And so if I have an athlete that they're timid and cautious, I'm going to help nudge them towards the edge of that cliff and help them find that sweet spot of uh, not needing to move perfect, but moving really, really well with some intensity behind it. Yeah, I like that a lot, that managing threshold training. Um, can I ask you a personal question about you as an athlete? Absolutely. So you're an excellent coach. You've been coaching for decades. And my question is for you personally as Cody, the athlete, how do you manage your own relative intensity and manage your own threshold training? How do you know when that is, when to push, when to hold back? Yeah. So that's a really great question because it's, uh, it's not an easy answer. So this year I've really been focusing on my weightlifting and I've been doing one to two days of CrossFit a week. And so I think I probably could speak on the weightlifting side more than anything. Um, you know, weightlifting, you're trying to increase your ability to move load through a very specific range of motion, the snatch, the clean, and the jerk. And I've been traveling again this year. And I had a stressful 2020 like everybody else did. And so working through weightlifting programming where you have like some percentage work and things like that. Um, one thing I've done for myself is not feeling like I'm tied to the percentages written on the programming. So if I need to go a little bit heavier because things are feeling good, I can go a little bit heavier. If I need to back off, I can back off. But learning how to feel, why do I need to go heavier? Why do I need to back off can take some time. So your body's going to try to trick you. It's going to try to give you some false information when you're tired uh, the weight feels heavy, your heart rate is up, it's going to want to shut down, slow down, and kind of retreat. Learning how to pay attention to when you're getting those signals versus, hey, in my front squat, I am losing my, my spinal uh, positioning. That's bad. It, my, my heels are coming off the floor in this position. That's bad. So I, I guess I kind of go back to just our primary points of performance and learning how to be aware of my own movements of, am I losing something that I need or am I losing something that I want? Maybe I'm not very fast today, but I'm keeping the bar close and I'm hitting all my positions. I can handle that. But if I'm surrendering my midline, if I'm losing my base or my balance in my feet, or if my center of gravity or my, my load is getting outside of the area of my base, then I'll have to back things off and go from there. In CrossFit workouts, it's the same thing. Am I 
Am I tired and want to slow down? Or am I losing my positioning? Am I breaking some safety rules and need to go lighter or slow down? Um, slowing down doesn't mean all the way slow down, but um, just moving with a purpose. As a coach, I will rarely ever tell an athlete to slow down. I will almost always tell them to focus on their movement. So don't slow down, but let's improve this piece of your movement. Continue to improve that piece. And as they're working on that piece, what are they going to do? They're actually going to speed up because they're more efficient than they were a second ago. So then they're speeding up until the wheels wobble, till something goes wonky. And then I'm going to tell them, don't slow down, but improve this mechanically. And you just repeat that, repeat that, repeat that until the movement is so good and they're moving so fast that they maybe eventually get to the point where you have to slow them down. But slow down isn't necessarily my first line of thought. My first thought is move better while continuing to move at the pace you're moving. Absolutely. And I really like how, as a coach, and you've taught me this, just the language that you use to convey those things to athletes, it's never like, oh, let's work on your technique or let's up the intensity. You use analogies like, I want you to go fast so that the wheels wobble, but they don't fall off. Like, that makes sense to me. And then uh, what you said a few sentences ago, you said, you'll give athletes the cue, I want or I need this, but I want this. And that's a way to simplify it. Like, you'll say, for example, with pull-ups on the rig, you'll say, like, I need a strong grip on the bar. I want thumbs around, but there's sometimes not always a one-size-fits-all. So I just like how you break that down and simplify it with language. Yeah, thanks. I think as a coach, uh, just to put that hat back on, it's important to remember that we're working with our athletes and we're trying to build independence so that they can make the right choices for them uh, in that workout setting so that in real life, they can also take that that problem-solving mindset to their tasks out in the world. And so um, I don't want to tell them everything. I don't want to ask them everything, but I want to find that balance of like, hey, here's what I need. If you can't do this, we need you to go lighter. Um, but then here's things I want, and then let them kind of navigate um, how they work with that. I think the gymnastics movements are a great example of that because they're relatively uh, technical, and there are some safety protocols that need to be hit in those movements. And obviously our movements with external load, our weightlifting movements, our powerlifting movements, things like that. There's definitely a very defined lift of, list of needs and wants and learning how to navigate. I need my needs, but we're going to lose some of the wants. You're not going to get optimal performance, optimal fitness with perfect technique. There has to be a give and take. If you are moving perfect, I know that you're not maximizing your output. You're not moving as hard and as fast as you need to be. Um, for this fitness stuff to do, to do what it's supposed to do. For sure. And that kind of touches on how sometimes it's a moving target. Some days you're going to have an athlete that's moving near perfectly and you're going to say, Hey, like you look good. Let's, how would you feel about adding some weight? Some days you're going to have an athlete going a little too heavy and say, Hey, how was that? Like, <laughs> how was your spine on those deadlifts? So it's uh, definitely a moving target. And I like what you said about making it a, a conversation and, asking people like how it feels and how they want to get after it rather than telling them like we're never we're not the driver it's it's still your workout yeah for sure and there's like you said it's a moving target and there's a lot of ways to look at it and think about it and talk about it um but building that awareness in our athletes i think is a really important 
uh, part of our job is so that they can self-assess, self-diagnose, and self-adjust. And we're here to kind of help make those adjustments. Like you said, we're not necessarily the driver. They're going to be really in charge of their gas pedal and their brake. We're going to help with the steering and make sure that we're in the right lane. You know, I want them to have the awareness of when to push, when to back off. And we're going to make sure that the mechanics are are where they're supposed to be so that the gas and brake can be effective. Awesome. So my next question is, if you watch the most elite athletes or even athletes at our gym work at max effort, max capacity, super high intensity, their technique is still good, but often not perfect. So why is that okay? Uh, And then going off that, at what point does sacrificing technique for intensity go too far? Yeah, those are great questions. So one of our objectives as athletes and as coaches is to get as much work done as possible with as little effort as possible because then it's sustainable and you can continue to do that for 7, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever the task uh, requires. The only way to get more work done with less effort is through improved technique. Optimizing your effort uh, through good mechanics is the only way to maximize your intensity. So if you look at some of the most efficient and the fittest athletes that we have at our gym or at the CrossFit Games, it almost looks like they aren't even working very hard because they are so efficient. But that doesn't mean that at max intensity, they move perfectly. If you watch, you know, Matt Fraser is a good example. Watch him on any event and he moves like 90% perfect. Maybe 85, maybe 95, depending on the the movement or the task, but you have to be willing to push the pace, like you said earlier, to where the wagon wheels wobble. I always like the Oregon Trail analogy. You got to get a pretty good pace as you're heading west or you're never going to get there. But if you move so fast that the wheels wobble and fall off, you're not going to go anywhere. And uh, that's a tough balance. The athletes with the most experience have had the most time to develop their technique, especially on our more complicated movements. And that's why it looks very effortless. They can move heavier loads with minimal rest, and it just looks like they aren't working very hard. We do have some athletes as well that they have a lot of horsepower, but not a ton of skill on some movements. And those athletes, they will really shine on workouts like a rowing workout or a echo bike workout or a wall ball workout where the skill is moderate or low, and even the load is medium or low but they can just put out because they have natural capacity and not necessarily the technique to apply it to more complex movements yet. And um, so I think every athlete finding some way to assess their, their strengths and weaknesses and then fill in those gaps. So maybe I need to get more practice in. Maybe I'm strong enough, but I need to get more practice in. And you have really good technique, but you need to get stronger. Learning how to, you know, invest in the bucket that's missing Uh, the most, I guess, at the time. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of relates to our next question here about kind of sprinkling in some quality days. Uh, My next question is about how we know that high intensity is the key ingredient to CrossFit success. On the other end of the spectrum, some days we purposely don't go all out and instead we do active recovery days or skill days. So could you talk about the value of moving for 
quality slash moving with intention, moving with a purpose. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sometimes those active recovery days are for metabolic reasons, right? Replenishing your glycogen uh, stores, um, you know, giving your CNS a break, things like that. And like you said, a lot of times they are an opportunity to get better at a movement, not just work harder. And uh, these are really good opportunities to improve our movement patterns, right? Um, I don't like the term muscle memory because your muscles don't really have memory. But usually when people use that term, they're referring to your brain's ability to tell your body what to do. Um, and so improving the skill of a movement is really important to us. And that can be on, like you said, sometimes there's a dedicated day where that is our focus on a specific movement, and then we'll have something maybe simple afterwards that's not related. Last week was a good example. We had some hypertrophy work on some positional uh, some positional stuff, and then metabolically, we had a very simple row afterwards where there's not a ton of needs technique-wise, and everybody can kind of sell out, get some conditioning, and go from there. Um, we also have a lot of opportunities before a technical day, either in like a strength piece or a practice piece, Let's take like a power snatch in a, in a workout. So like Isabel, we're not just going to warm up and then do Isabel, which is 30 snatches for time. We're going to have some time built in to improve uh, our, our power snatch technique before applying it. So we're going to practice it, improve it, and then apply it. And that practice period is where we can get our technique as close to 100% as possible so that when we do add some speed, to the movement, it's always going to deteriorate. But if I can deteriorate from 95% to 90%, not only is that really safe, that's relatively optimal, it's gonna improve my potential for performance uh, and intensity in Isabel. So if I don't do that practice period before, instead of deteriorating from 95% to 90%, I'm gonna deteriorate from 80% to 75, and that's not ideal. So a lot of times that strength piece or that skill piece or that practice piece beforehand is a primer. It's an opportunity to improve that awareness, that technique, increase your, your proficiency level so that when we have that deterioration, you're still at a really optimal performance and safety level. Yeah, Cody, I'm so glad you brought up that practice piece because we've had a handful of athletes recently who... Maybe the practice round that we've been throwing in isn't their favorite thing because if it's 10 rounds of something and we make them practice with one, they're like, well, can that count? And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, you just did one round, but you're going to do 10 more. So could you talk about how and why the practice round relates to technique and intensity and finding that intended stimulus? Yeah. So the prove it rounds, I'm a really big fan of, and we have been seeing them more and more, especially as we were getting ready for the open. And they were, they're typically in between a strength or practice piece and the workout itself. And the prove it round is where we're at, um, at our, our game day load, our game day movements. And it's either like one round or a mini round. And this is going to allow us to see how does our movement hold up when we apply intensity? How is our pacing strategy going to go when I add intensity to these movements. So again, if you take a power snatch and a burpee over the bar, I can power snatch a certain amount of weight one time for one rep max. How far do I need to, to go off, you know, back down from that to do 30 
reps total with burpees in between. I can burpee over the bar at a certain pace if I'm only doing a few of them and that's all I'm doing. But if I combine those two and I mix them up, how's that gonna go? And that practice round is a really great, or the, I'm sorry, the prove it round is a really good opportunity for you as an athlete to prove to yourself that your pacing plan, that your loading plan, and that your timing is where it needs to be or make an adjustment before moving forward. And when athletes complain about it, it doesn't really bother me um, because they're gonna do it anyways and their workout's gonna go better afterwards. So we've really been using those prove it rounds a lot lately and it's a really good way to let athletes self-diagnose, self-assess intensity, technique, and then apply it with maybe any adjustments they need to make uh, in their workout. For sure. And I like how you just phrase that. Like, it's really not for us. Like, we're, we're not trying to make you suffer more. It's the prove it round helps you prove it to yourself that this is a good working weight for you. And then we give you that opportunity. Okay, take two minutes, run to the bathroom, switch out that dumbbell weight if you need to, so that you can set yourself up for success in this workout. Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on time here. Cody, is there anything you want to add to today's conversation? Oh, man. No, I just love this topic. And it is one of those things that's, you know, technique versus intensity comes up a lot. And I don't know if I like that phrasing very much. I think it's technique and intensity. They are not at odds. In fact, they need each other to be successful. You need both to be successful. At the heart of intensity is technique. You don't maximize your intensity without improving your technique. And also don't be so stuck on perfect technique that you never apply intensity. Find that balance between the two. And as an athlete, you're gonna have unlimited potential for success uh, getting to your goals. As a coach, learning how to manage threshold training in others to where you have a really good understanding of what you need and what you want from them and how to communicate the differences between those two um, depending on the task, so where you can push and pull and motivate and adjust athletes through their task so that they can get as much as they can out of each event. That's a really good goal for us as coaches to help your athletes get more work done in less time in a single serving and big picture so they can you know, be the person they want to be long term and uh, do all this cool stuff that we do here in the gym. Awesome. All right. That's all we got for today. All right. See you low. Before I started CrossFit five years ago, I would have definitely thought that technique is more important than intensity. But having been in the sport for a while now and hearing from Cody, it makes sense why both are key ingredients. If you're feeling up to it, you might challenge yourself this week to either A, spend 10 minutes working on technique for a movement you want to improve, or B, add a little more weight or push your pace a little bit to increase your intensity. And remember, it's not an either or, it's a both and. Let us know how it goes and we will see you soon.